Welcome to the City View Community Church Podcast. Whether you're here for our weekly sermons, leadership chats, or conversations about life, we are stoked that you are here. If you want to know more of our story or want to partner with us, head over to cityviewcc.com. Our prayer today is that you walk away challenged, encouraged, and more passionate about discovering your purpose by knowing God, loving people, and living on mission. Let's jump right in. Man, you have those moments where it's just like, I I don't necessarily want to leave that place. The presence of God is so strong today, and and, uh, I know... As he was moving in the first service, that, that God has something for you today. God has something for you today. And uh, I, I've just, it's been so heavy on my spirit this morning, just feeling that those, those words shake up the ground. Shake up the ground. God, whatever it is that you need to uproot in my life or move and bulldoze and shift, God, you have that permission. Man, I'm excited. I've loved this series. I've, I've loved getting to look at the life of the prophet Elisha and, and the way that he's challenged me and, and inspired me to, to kind of even shift my perspective and realize some things within my own life. And week after week, I've felt the challenge of it. And, and so many of you have shared with me feeling that challenge as well. And we've talked about that that we need to dream big. We've talked about the fact that we need to start small, that we need to trust God in our need. We need to make space for his presence and that we need to trust the process. We've talked about these things and, and each of these have inspired us in different ways. But today we come to the end of our journey with Elisha. But my prayer and my hope is that you will leave today inspired and challenged to to lean in in a deeper way, to connect with God in a deeper way. And in all of Elisha's stories, we see this truth coming to the surface, and you'll see this in your notes, that what we cannot see is as valuable as what we can see. What we cannot see is as valuable as what we can see. There are layers to what we cannot see. And last week in the story, the the layer that we saw was that in Naaman's body, this leprosy lay dormant within him, this leprosy, this disease that was impacting him. But what also he he could not see was that this bitterness and this pride was, was impacting the way that he was approaching his life as well. It was just this important thing of what we cannot See, and, and while it's incredibly important for us to, to dig in and, and look at the, the shadowy areas of our hearts and our lives, it says no to a prayer of ours. And we're frustrated by it, but a couple years later, we understand why. You ladies have gone on Facebook and you, uh, you saw that guy that you were praying for back in the day. Get out! Those subtle moments where, where God refreshes us with the moment of laughter, the, the moment when God shows up for us when the tears are flowing, those divine moments. What we cannot see, whether dormant or divine, I was reminded of my very first car wreck. And it happened to, to, to happen about a week after I got my license officially, right? Like a, seven days in. Here we go. I'd been driving with a permit for, for a while at that point because I, I, I know like 
young adults today kind of struggle whether or not they want a license. In my day, we got a license. At like 13, we were knocking on the DMV door like, we give me the keys. I'll figure it out. So I'd been driving for a while, so I wasn't new to this, but we, we'd gone to a football game, and I had some friends in the car with me, and we we're all laughing. We had the windows down. We we're blaring. We we're having a good time. But as we were leaving the football game, the traffic started to get ridiculous. And those of you know that my, my strongest place in life is not behind the wheel of a car. And so I was getting a little frustrated. And so I was like, oh, oh, we're going we're gonna to try a back way. We're getting out of this traffic. And so we, we went a, a different direction. I got kind of turned around. And but I didn't have GPS. I had no smartphone. The phone that I had was a Nokia brick. But I and all I could see was the back of his car. Because where he had stopped, all I could see was, was that. And it was too late. As soon as I hit the gas, I pulled into the road. I didn't see coming. Driving 55 miles an hour. T-boned us. Smashed the car. It bent this brand new SUV. His mom looks at me. Yeah, my brand new SUV. Bent it in half. It was shaped like a U. And as, I, as the, the police arrived and they, they informed us how lucky we were, because where the car hit us was, was right in the pillar, right behind the driver's seat. It hit us dead in the center of that. And the police officer told me, he said, had it been six inches to the left, it would have killed you. Had it been six inches to the right, it would have killed the person that was sitting behind you. And for, for some of you, you may call it luck if you want, but I call it the divine providence of God and his hand of protection on my life. Those divine moments where God shows up in what we couldn't see coming. And the same thing happens in the life of Elisha. In 2 Kings 6, where we're, we're going to be today, I told you last week that Israel and this country next to them Aram, they were like those siblings that road trip, they hate each other and they were trying to choke each other out in the backseat. Well, here we are. They've, they're finished being nice to each other, trying to, to destroy one another. Israel and, and Aram going head to head. And, and the king of Aram wants to be a little strategic and sneaky. And he's trying to do these sneak attacks on Israel and show up in places that he expects them not to know. But God keeps revealing to Elisha the little tricks that Elisha servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And the young man cried, what will we do now? Have you ever asked yourself that question? In challenge, you ask yourself, what, what do we do now? What am I supposed to do with this? Have you ever had that moment where it, Hopeless and fear-filled. Oh, what will we do now? It leads us to this really important truth that's in your notes, that it's possible for God to be all-powerful, yet his children live in total weakness. It's possible to believe that God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, that God knows the beginning from the end, that God is faithful and God is good, and yet you and I still live in total 
weakness. It is completely possible to believe that God can do something. And I still live in the doubt and the insecurity. Because what, what we're looking for influences what we see. What's unseen matters. We, just, we said that. But what you're looking for influences what you see. You see, the servant woke up looking for trouble. He found it. He was looking for what was going on. He was scoping it out. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but he was looking for, is there any trouble around here? Let me get up and I can let Elisha know. And when he sees it, he finds it. And he goes, Elisha, what do we do now? But it causes us to ask ourselves, what are we looking for? This week, I was, I was getting ready to go for a, a workout. I couldn't find my sunglasses. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't work outside work out outside without sunglasses on. It's just, the sun is too bright. And so I was like, where are my sunglasses? I knew where I had them. I checked there, and they weren't there. So assume I'm, I'm blaming everybody. Somebody's going to move my sunglasses. I know where I put my sunglasses. So I'm tearing the house apart. I am looking in the car. I'm looking in the truck. I'm looking in my book bag. I'm looking upstairs. I'm in the clothes in the closet, like moving them out of the way as if like I, I hung them randomly on a hoodie somewhere. I cannot find them anywhere. So I did what any good husband does. Baby, have you seen my sunglasses? Nope. I'm just going to let you know. She didn't even look for them either. She held the brother out. None. She just, she's like, no, I, I, may, I know my strengths and my weaknesses. I can't find them. It's like, I'm getting frustrated. I don't lose things. So I turned to the one last source of chaos that I possibly could turn to. I go to my youngest daughter. And I said, Audrey, I know you like to, to take things and, and uh, just collect them, a.k.a. steal them. Have you seen my sunglasses? And she looks at me, disgust in her face. She goes, they're right there on your shirt. <laughs> my sunglasses are hanging right here on my shirt. Apparently, it was the first thing that I did before I started getting anything else ready for a workout. I grabbed those and put them on my shirt. Couldn't find This is what I'm left with for a daddy? You're raising me? They're right there on your shirt, old man. What are we talking about? She was so frustrated with me, and I was frustrated with myself. But what we are looking for, I couldn't see my sunglasses that were six inches from my face because I wasn't looking for them there. I was looking for them in other places. What we're looking for, what we are expecting, impacts what we see. What you are looking for impacts what? If you're overly focused on the problems, you will miss the progress that you've made. If you're overly focused on the obstacles, you will miss the opportunity that God has opened for you. If you're overly focused on the struggle, you will miss the significance of the reason that God has you in. What you are looking for impacts what? You see, so we have to shift what we're looking for. So how do we do that? Elisha shows us in verse 16. He says, hey, don't be afraid. 
for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Open his eyes and let him see that there are more for us than those who are against us. This is so important, family. Listen, do you honestly believe that God is surprised by the struggles that you're facing in your life? Do you honestly believe that, that God is, is shocked by that, that layoff that comes? Do you believe that God is shocked by that unexpected bill that shows up in the mail? Do you, do you think God is surprised by that report from the doctor? Do you believe that God is surprised by the struggle in that relationship? Do you honestly believe that God sees something come into your life and goes, my word, where did that come from? How are we going to do? How are we going to handle this one? No. The one who is for us is far greater than the one who is against us. And we have to understand this truth, and you see it in your notes, that the moment that you take a faith-filled step into your purpose, opposition will arise. I've told you this before, but it's so important to remind ourselves. The moment that you take a, a faith-filled step forward into what God has called you to, Opposition's going to rise. You're going to face some obstacles. You have to remind yourself that the one who is for you is far greater than the one who is against you. Somehow in this journey that we're on, we get convinced that God and the enemy are on equal playing fields. That God and the enemy are equal strength. And it's like whoever has a better day, they get to win. No. The God that I serve flicks the enemy away with his finger like, get away from me. You have no power here. You have no authority here. But here's the problem. It's amazing for God to be all powerful, but for us to live in weakness, because I can believe that about God. I can believe that for somebody else. Well, that person, oh, they're connected with God in a special way. I get why they're not weak, but me we have to understand that the God who is for us is far greater than the one who is against us. Paul reminds us in Philippians 2 and 9, he says, Therefore God highly honored him, Jesus, and gave him a name above all names, so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says this to us in Romans 8, 11. He says, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your human bodies also through his spirit that lives in you. We've got to get to this place in our faith journey that we understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives within us. We are not fighting against an enemy who can just easily overpower us if we truly lean into the power of God. If we truly lean into who he says he is and who we are. We can't just live with this belief that God is all powerful, but choose to live in our weakness. 
It takes us shifting something in the way that we see things. We are looking for defeat when God says, I've made you more than conquerors. What are you looking for? Are you looking at the obstacles? Are you struggle? Are you looking at the ways you can lose? Or are you looking at your heavenly father who is waiting in the hills with chariots of fire to show up on your behalf? What are you looking for? Elisha prayed that the servant would have this visible confirmation. I just love that. This visible confirmation of the truth. Reveal to us the truth that is hidden behind the lies in our life. He will reveal these things to us. Open our eyes. But Elisha, being Elisha, he decides he wants to have a little fun with the situation because he's a prophet. Verse 18, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You've come the wrong way. I can see him like changing his voice. You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I'll take you to the man you're looking for. I can just see him laughing the whole time, just cracking up like, hey guys, come this, just come this way. Come this way. I'll show you. Like, why were they confused by this? They showed up to the city. They were surrounding the city. He's like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong place. And they're like, no, no I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Now we'll follow you wherever you go. And Elisha convinces them to go with them. And he led them. The Israelite army was waiting. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When they realized that they'd been tricked, they, they're standing there surrounded by their enemy. And the, the king of Israel is like, here's my moment. He gets a little eager and he's like, now we should kill them. And Elisha's like, what? You just kill prisoners of war now? Like, what are we doing? No. And Elisha challenges the king to do something that I believe Jesus would do as well. Elisha says, no, not only are we not going to kill them, but I want you to prepare a great feast for them. Feed them and send them home. And that's what the king does. He makes it clear that the point has been made that the God that we serve is far greater than the one on their side. It's this beautiful moment. But it's an important truth for you and I to see that not only did God flex his power in this moment, but he revealed his heart of compassion. God could have used this as a moment to go, you want to see how strong I am? Watch this. I will annihilate you while you're blind and you won't even see it coming. But God offers them compassion. And I just think it's an important reminder for you and I that when we're in our weakness, God is not looking at us with disappointment and discouragement on his face as Audrey stared at me in that moment. God sees you and his heart is moved with compassion. Yeah, yeah, but Danny, I keep messing up the same way. God's heart for you is compassionate. 
But Danny, I'm still struggling with this thing after all these years. And, and I just, I feel overwhelmed and it causes me to doubt God and it causes me to question what he's doing in my life. God sees you and is moved with compassion. And his heart is filled with love. In your weakness, his heart is filled with compassion. There's so many places that would like to tell you that God is angry with you. That God just, he can't wait for you to step out of line so he can show you who's boss. That's not the God that I know. That's not the God who showed up for me in my moments of weakness. The God that I know and that I love sees me in my struggle and he says, at this table, I got something for you to fill that hole. That's the God that I serve. But as we come to the, the end of this series for this moment right here, and I've been saving it because it happens right at the beginning of Elisha's journey, but I really wanted us to talk about it today. You see, if you remember in his story, this is not the first time that Elisha has seen the chariots of fire. This is not the first time that Elisha has seen the, the army of God moving around and the unseen forces around us. This is not the first time because he saw them as this is not the first time because he saw them as his mentor Elijah was being called into heaven. As he asked before he asked for a double portion, before he crossed the Jordan River and, and struck it with the cloak and said, where now is the God of Elijah? And his his ministry began before any of that happened. Elisha took some steps that I believe will challenge you and I as we leave out of this series. Some challenges that will will shift the way some some steps forward that will open the doors in your life that maybe you didn't see coming. And I just want to read this passage of scripture in 2 Kings 2 to you. And it says this, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? And this, is, this should have been our clue that Elisha had no chill. Of course I know. Be quiet about it. Nobody asked you for that. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, how many times I got to tell you this? As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him the same thing. Did you know the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know. Stop telling me the same thing. Be quiet. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. And again, Elisha's like, here we go. Surely as the Lord lives, you and yourself, I will never leave you. So they went on together. This is important right here. Verse 7. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and what did they do? Watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. And then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And this is the moment that we remember from week one. 
Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share, a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. There's three, three things that I want you to see really, really, really quickly here. At the very beginning of Elisha's journey, before he had a double portion, before he had stepped fully into his ministry, before any of this, the stories we have seen happen, Elisha demonstrates some things that you and I need to grab a hold of as we step into this season together. And the first one is this, there are those around you who will settle for safety while you are called to faith for more. There are those around you who will settle for safety. Of the two schools of prophet that he stopped at, only 50 of the prophets came to watch from a distance what God was about. This was such a significant moment. This was a changing of the guard. This was, this was the man of God for Israel being taken away. And they're obviously fully aware of this because either Elijah told them this as he arrived there or they knew about it some other way, but they know how significant it is. And they stopped and watched what God was doing from. They settled for safety. But Elisha was called to more. And the reality, family, is that there are people in your life who are going to watch from a distance. And they have this unique interpretation of what their gift is in that moment. And that gift is negativity and criticism. And they watch from a distance and they go, did you know God's about to do this. Did you know? Why are you? Why would you trust God? Why, why would you take that step? Man, you're, you're risking a lot. You're, you're, you're putting a lot, of, a lot of faith in this thing. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? And there are people who will watch from a distance and want a voice in what God is doing in your life. And many times those voices lead us to settle for safety. But God has called you specifically to more. How do I know that? Because I know what God put on, the, on, on my heart and on Lauren's heart when we started this church. He said, I want, you to, I want you to build a place where people can discover purpose and they can live on mission." Not one of those things has anything to do with settling. It has everything to do with, God, I'm going to put my trust in you for more. And so if somehow you stumble through the doors of this little random building in Santee, it's because God wanted to remind you that I deposited something in you and I am asking you to trust me for more. I'm not asking you to settle. I'm not asking you for the, to, to, to stand on the shore and watch what I'm doing in the distance in somebody else's life. I'm asking you to cross the river and step into what I'm doing. I'm calling you to more. I'm calling you to faith for more. The second thing that we see in this is, Elisha teaches us an important lesson, that the size of the circle that has permission to, to influence you 
is smaller than the size of the one that you have the potential to influence. And what that simply means is this, you have more influence than you realize. You are impacting people at your job, you're impacting people in your home, you're impacting people in your neighborhood, you're impacting people within your community. The circle of influence that you have to impact other people is always going to be bigger than the circle that should have influence on you. Not everybody gets permission to speak into the purposes of God for your life. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard your soul. You have to guard your mind. You have to be intentional about the people whose voices you allow to shift and to shape what you believe you're hearing from God. You have to guard yourself. I love, I love Elisha. Elisha, as the, the prophets are coming, these are prophets, students. Elisha's like, thank you for your valuable contribution. I don't need that noise in my life. I know what God is about to do. I don't need your discouragement. I don't need your, your impact and influence. I need you to be quiet because where God is going in his life, I'm going. I'm going to follow him. But there's one last truth, and, and honestly, I could have skipped the other two just to get to this point because I just, I feel this so heavy in my spirit. We want the double portion, but are unwilling to go to the place required to receive it. God, I want you to do more in my relationships. God, I want you to do more in my family. God, I want you to do more in my finances. God, I, I want you to do more in my spiritual journey. God, I want you to do more in my life and in my, my successes and in my career and, and, and all of these. God, I want you to do more. But the problem is, so many times we pray that prayer and we want to stay in Gilgal. Or maybe we'll trust God a little bit and we'll go to Bethel. Or maybe we'll trust God a little bit further and we'll go to Jericho. But so many people I know, they stand in a distance watching the move of God happening in the river on the other side of the Jordan. And they watch from a distance and they say, God, I don't think I can follow you that far. That doesn't line up with the plans that I had for my life. That, well, God, that might mess up my career. God, that might change the things that I want to do. It might change my plans and my ideas and what I thought was going to happen. God, I'll just watch what you're doing and I'll cheer it on. Elisha received his double portion. Elisha received his more. Not because he stood with those other prophets and watched what God was doing, but he crossed through what I told you last week, the Jordan River represented seasons of transition. He crossed the Jordan River and he stepped and he said, God, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'm all in. I wanna be right in the center of it. I'm not watching from a distance. I will go all the way with you. I want to feel the heat from the flames of the, the fiery chariots. I want the dust that's stirred up as they circulate into the heavens. I want the dust of it to be in my nostrils. I want to be right where you want me to be, God. I will go where it is required in order for me to receive the blessing you have for me. I'm not settling 
I'm not stopping. And family, I just, I feel it so deep in my heart that some of us are stopping. We see what God is doing and we feel moved by it, but we're not willing to step all the way in. We're not willing to cross that river. We're not willing to go to the place required in order to receive what God is trying to do. Are you willing to go to the place required in order to receive the promise? Are you ready to say, God, this was my plan, but I surrender to you. This was my dream, but I surrender to you. This is what I want to see happen in these relationships with God, I surrender to you. God, I, I want to do, I want all that you have for me. But just like Elisha, where you go, I go. However far you go on this journey, Elijah, I will never leave your side. How many of you are willing not to say that to Jesus today? Jesus, I don't know how far you're going to go down this path. The road seems scary and confusing and, and unsure. But where you go, Jesus, I'm going to stay right there with you. What you're doing, I'm going to stay right there with you. I will cross that river. I will no longer stand on the shore and watch what God's doing in the distance. I'm going to be right in the center of it. In your seats are these little cards. And it just kind of has the big idea from, from the last six weeks. This is a card you'll hold on to for yourself. You're not dropping it in anywhere. I, I want you to, to keep this as a reminder for you from this series. And I just want to challenge you. Circle whichever one of these you feel like God is saying, hey, that's that next step in your journey. Maybe it's to dream big and, and ask God for that double portion in your life, to ask God for the more in, in those areas. Maybe it's to start small, to dig ditches as we talked about, to, to create that space and where God can flood the valley of your heart and your soul with, with the miracle of his water. Maybe for some of you, it's to trust God in your need, right in the center. You feel surrounded like that servant of Elisha. You're saying, everywhere I look, there's opposition, but God, I'm trusting you in my need. I'm trusting you like that widow that says, all I have is just a little bit of oil. And God says, that's all I need. Trust me with that and watch how I show myself strong. Maybe for you, you just need to make space for the presence of God, that the only space in your life in which God is present is right here in this room. It's not enough. It's not enough. You got to create space for him Monday through Saturday. Open your heart and allow his presence to have a home in your life, to trust the process. Or maybe today you just need to remind yourself who's got your back that the God who is for me is greater than anything that is against me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for my friends. I pray right now in this moment, I just, 
I feel it so heavy, God, that you would just give them the courage that they need to step into what you've called them to. God, I pray for myself as I pray for them. God, I'm not standing by and watching what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, God, please don't do it without me. God, I pray for my friends. I pray for those who are watching online right now that you would give them the boldness to cross the river, to step into that season of transition, to step into that water, to, to trust you. That maybe their plan was one certain way, but if they trust you in the moment, that your plan is so much greater. Their, their idea was a really good one. But God, yours is greater. God, I pray for my friends right now in this moment that they would step through the doors you have opened, not intimidated by the uncertainty, but encouraged by your faithfulness. Not intimidated by, by the fears or the insecurities or the questions, but that they are renewed in their strength because they trust you with what they have. And they're saying, God, wherever you go, I will follow. And in the moment when the enemy whispers to them and says, he's asking you to go too far. Would you shut the mouth of the liar and speak to our hearts and remind us that we have the, the strength needed to go to the place required in order to receive your promise. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We leave this place more confident in what it is that you want to do in our lives and with the hope that you have more for us than we can see in this moment. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We pray all of this in your strong and your mighty name. Amen.